Back in the 70s, board games and improv theater had a baby, and it was called the role-playing game. These games allowed a generation of kids to live out their dreams of slaying dragons and saving kingdoms, all while sitting in their bedrooms and basements. Today, gaming has moved into the cultural mainstream, and role-playing games are back with a vengeance. Join us now as five of these former kids come out of the basement and onto the internet to experience adventure, mystery, and obscure pop culture references. It's time for Roll for Combat. Hey there, welcome to Roll for Combat. I'm your GM and host, Steven Glicker, and in this week's show, the boys finally finish up with all that nasty space combat, and they finally get to Najor. Also this week, myself and Param from No Direction discuss all of our favorite gods and goddesses from Pathfinder and Starfinder. Plus, it's part three of the free trip to PaizoCon contest, where you have to listen to the episode answer a question, enter in a few weeks, and you too can get a free trip to PaizoCon. So before we get into this week's episode, that's right, Starship Combat is over. That's right, you're not going to have to listen to Starship Combat again for a very, very long time. I did my best to try to make it fun and exciting, but one of the problems with Starship Combat is it's kind of like Monopoly. You know how everyone plays Monopoly completely wrong, and when you show them the rules, they're all like, those aren't really the rules, but they are because everyone is taught it wrong. So the thing is, and you guys know this about myself, is that we take great pride in the show to get everything right as close to possible. We play rules as written, and it bothers me to no end that we actually got a fair amount of rules wrong during the Starship combat. Now, the good news is most of the rules I got wrong, we applied to both sides, so it was fair. And some of the rules we got wrong, people actually liked the new rules better, and a lot of people said they were going to run with those rules instead of the ones that are rules as written, so it wasn't too bad. But still, the thing is, when I go to these conventions and I'm a player... That's really when I get to see Starship Combat the most, because Starfinder Society has a lot of Starship Combat, and I see it in nearly all the Starfinder Society games that I play in. And that's kind of where I learned Starship Combat from. And the thing is, it looks like everyone's doing it wrong. And thank God for our Discord channel, because I learned all the rules and learned how to do it correctly. The rules are written in such a way that you can interpret it both ways. That really has to do with space. The original Starfinder rule was over 800 pages, and they had to cut it down to 500. So they really condensed a lot of the rules, and I think the Starship rules were heavily condensed. So it's sometimes very confusing when you read what some of the actions are. You can read them in multiple ways. And most of the ways that I've been playing it is sort of, I don't know, more lenient towards the player. Anyhow, for those of you who thought Starship Combat wasn't our best work, that's okay. It's over with. It's done with. I'll give you a few highlights of what's coming up. First of all, we're going to Najor. Second of all, we have Jason Keeley, the guy who wrote this module. He's coming on the show in a few episodes, and he's going to have a great old time. Third up, I guarantee there's going to be major, major changes to the party. 100% guarantee this is not me 
pulling the wools over your eyes. I promise things are going to change and make the party forever different permanently. And fourth, let's just say, you know the old adage, never split the party? Well, these guys split the party and oh, it does not go well. Not well at all. So there's a lot of fun shenanigans to look forward to in the next coming weeks. As for the PaizoCon contest, don't forget, just keep on listening. I have a question at the end of the episode. In a few weeks, I'll have a form up. You can enter, and then someone randomly will get selected and get to go to PaizoCon. It could be you. That's right, you. Listening right now to this show, you could be the winner. You don't even know it yet, but you could be the winner. Anyhow, with that, let's jump right into the show. Okay, here we go. Wow, this is fascinating. So the blast is enormous because it catches the entire nebula, which you are right next to, and a cascade fire. You, with the most unbelievable agile luck, hit the right controls almost blindly. You're not even paying attention. It's like Ahem, it, natural twenty skill. It, it's it's just blind luck. You're like ah, oh my god! You're just pressing buttons, and suddenly the ship does exactly what it needs to do. The good news is you only get hit by half the blast. The bad news is it's still sixteen points of damage, which is half the blast. You know, otherwise, it would have been a full thirty-two did, points. Did of he damage. have the Genesis device on his ship? Jason McDonald is playing the Isoki mechanic, Tuttle Blacktail, and his drone, Shudder. Just check. They must. They actually had self-destruct, and it actually hit the self-destruct button inside the cloud, which just made it ten times worse. You now have 60 hull points out of 65 left, which means you do take one more crit. I roll 11. It goes to your sensors, which actually isn't bad at all. So it's malfunctioning. So Rusty manages to get you out of the harm's uh, way. With extraordinary Whee! skill is, is the with part that I still want to get out there. By the way, I catch the dagger in midair. I throw it back into Lopan's head, and I say it's all. Bob Marquis is playing the human envoy, Rusty Carter. <laughs> it's all the reflexes. All right, your ship is barely intact. It only has five whole points left. It has every system glitching, sensors malfunctioning, shields pretty much gone, and now there's just a field of debris. If it makes you feel any better, Rusty, no one has ever captured a... Um, an Aslanti vessel. Yeah, the Aslanti vessel. Can we salvage some of the pieces of it and sell their technology on the black market? Oh, here we go. John Stats is playing the Vesk soldier, Mo Dupinsky. No, I'll answer that's this. Actually no. reasonable. That's Firefly. No. That's yeah, Serenity. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, I'm, I'm going to answer this. It no. and sell their parts. If you wish to look through the salvage to try to get something, you might be able to find a few things if oh. you want. I but so choose to do so. It's going to take quite a while. I will spend quite a while. Quiet wild meaning hours or days? What's the highest engineering possible for you guys to get? We all look over at Dr. Tuttle. Well, with our assists, we have three assists. 
We probably the absolute highest with high. no assists. That's what I need to know. Um, I am plus 18, so I could get a 38 plus whatever you guys can contribute. Six. Plus six. six from all three of us. We've all been so adding like one point to everything. Yeah, 44 assists. theoretically. Okay, that's the number you need to hit. You actually have to hit an engineering of 40 just to even figure out what might be worth something. Yeah, this this so, this, this is doable. Well, I auto I can auto I auto assess, so that's two. Chris Beamer is playing the Lashunta operative Hiroji. Can can we take that's true? One? Yeah, but then yeah. you're going to be spending like weeks here. Well, days, I would imagine, if I understand the take. Well, 20 no, take twenty. Time. It's if you take a twenty, it literally you take you do it takes twenty times longer than it normally would take if you take a twenty. Well, how long is an action of searching? That's I guess is what I didn't know. An hour. Oh, so twenty hours. Yeah. That's one a day. For one, one day. Oh, no, 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 no. For, we're searching for one thing. 20 hours for searching. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You can search for one thing for 20 hours. Well, the uh, thing is, what I'm thinking is that, well, we also have to repair the ship in that day, so. Yeah. That's true. But I imagine since our... Also, Rusty's going to be, happy to be a Hiroji doing that, uh, since uh, presumably... Pr I think the, our engineer would be busy doing those 20 hours looking I for I probably right can't parts. search and repair the Yeah. Ship. So, but Hiroji is also an engineer. Uh, I'm accomplished. I have a plus 15. Yeah, that's not shabby at all. Uh, I mean, you need a 40 good. to have a chance. That's the whole point. Yeah. No, so you need all I'm talking the about yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, but he can assist and then repair the ship. I can say to speed this up, Tuttle can repair the ship. The shields will automatically the shields will automatically regenerate on their own. I believe it's one point a minute, so they regenerate on their own. Your damage is superficial. You can repair it at least enough to get to where you're trying to get to for now. We'll worry about that later. If you want to spend a day or two looking and trying cool. to find some pieces, you can do that. The, the self-destruct as you're going through your 40 engineer is impressive. It was literally designed to turn this into dust. Like, there's almost nothing left but using your incredibly high engineering you think you found maybe a few pieces here and there that at the bare minimum would be something of interest to those who find this fascinating that are interested in these lanty empire yeah. however you also have to take lots of pictures and providence to show that it's real because no one will even sure. believe that this is like we got plenty actual. of time take pictures yeah, i was looking at the uh repair <laughs> oh, Re rusty likes taking selfies my understanding is there's a also a upb cost for repair uh yeah there is actually i forgot what it is i think it's like 100 upbs per five all day i'm trying to actually get back to it right now well Let's not repair it on the way because we don't need it. I, th I have a feeling that a lot of the repairs are just going to happen once we arrive at port. Someone's going to be happy to see us because there's just no way. I mean, there's no way we're going to have another, another encounter after this one. Uh, okay, but that's a that's little metagamey. Too meta, but uh, on another, I'm not spending money on repairs. That that's that's crazy. Everyone's been spending. We we haven't spent a dime on this ship. I, I there's that that's crazy to I mean this is not really our ship. However, you can it is your ship. You own the ship. Uh actually no he's right, it's my ship. <laughs> yeah, you can actually can spend money on it. <laughs> you can actually take pieces 
from the debris of this other ship and use that as UPBs to help repair your ship. It's actually in the rules. You can do that. Well, I want to do some searches first. I'm willing to like hang yeah. out for four days uh, and see what we find. Like if we don't find anything by then, then Mo's ready to go back. But that's about yeah, that's that fine. seems but, right to me. Yeah, some some searching for days is fine with me as well. I like loot. Also, keep in mind from Rusty's point of view, he's going to hang out in the captain's quarters and the spar quarters and everyone anyway, so that's fine. It would cost you normally six thousand to repair the ship the whole damage, but you could probably do half through salvage and half through your own UPBs, so it would only be 3000 to repair. I'm not sure how much money I have left. I think I'm, I think I'm pretty broke right now. Yeah, you guys are semi-broke. You have enough. I mean, between all of you, you have more than enough. Okay, I don't I don't want to talk about repairs right now. Let's, let's, let's do some searching. I, I, I don't want to repair now. Well, as I said, you find a couple of small things that you think you might be able to use as salvage, like Little pieces of armor, little pieces of weapons, nothing usable, like from the wreckage of the Titanic. You know, it's something that people might find interesting, but that's about it. Oh, so that's what we find? Yeah. Oh, okay. It is literally oh. dust. There's okay. nothing left. Right. Not, nothing usable. Where's, but where's the good thing we find with the 44? No, we don't, we don't find it. There's no good thing. Okay. The so. good thing is you find things that are salvageable. That's yeah. the 44. All right. So let's just go back to where we were going. Let's, let's, let's just... No, we're, we're doing the search and we're doing the thing and doing the repairs. We already made that decision. You guys have like 11,000 credits. Mo does not like dealing with repairs. Do you guys want to do... Jason, do you have an opinion? Um, well, Are I, you, mean, I mean, do you have an opinion? I mean, it's only Bob and I talking. No, I know. I'm, I think we should at least partially repair. I mean, if we don't I want if if to for... do the full... If we don't want to do the full repair, that's one thing, but I, I feel like, you know driving through the universe held together by duct tape, especially because we met a game and, and thinking, think we're not going to get attacked again is kind of a little bit on the cheap side. Yeah, okay. You know? Chris, even if we don't get attacked, or if we run into some like af- anomaly or something. Or... I mean, this... this I just yeah, don't want to spend... This, yeah. It's half our, it's, it's, we're getting half the repairs for free because of this. Like if we okay. leave, we don't All get right. that. We don't get that money. Okay, that, that, that's fine with me. I just don't want to spend the rest of this time talking about repairs. I want to get out of space. Steve, I really we do. repair the ship and search, and then we head on our way. That's fine. And actually, it's only 10 okay, UPBs good. per point of damage repaired and requires five hours of work. It says right here, you basically have to go in a safe location. You do an engineering check. I'm just going to say you spend four days you get some pretty cool, nifty-looking trinkets that should be worth a hefty price because this stuff is exceedingly rare. Although not useful to you, it should get you probably several thousand credits. It costs you a whopping 300 credits to repair yeah, the hull. Yeah, we shouldn't be even talking. So that's, okay, that's let's do that good. and get out of space. And then we search and we loot and then we head out. Right. Uh, done. You are back in the drift. Back, back in the new. Now that song doesn't work. So are we fully healed? Hey, no Ace Frehley in this podcast. Back, back in the drift groove. Anyhow, so you go back in the drift groove. I think you were like, I think it was like sixteen days to get there, and this was something like eight. So you're back in the drift. You continue doing whatever you were doing. Rusty, I don't know what Rusty's doing. Hiroji is taking his classes. Mo is sleeping. Tuttle is like frantically trying to fix this thing because it is a mess now. This ship is just, it's just wires everywhere. It's just, it's just like, 
Ugh, this just will not do. Exactly. <laughs> and Rusty, I can help with it. Rusty is actually researching better songs to sing about the drift. Currently, I've got the theme song from Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. I've got a. Well, let me work on this for a while. Hold on. So Rusty is the DJ for the part, this part of the journey, I say. For what it's worth, what actually happened to the ship is actually what happened. I didn't fudge the rolls or anything. That actually did happen. Oh, I got it. Which is pretty phenomenal. I was like, I failed the roll and it blew, the ship blew up. So It only had uh, two hit points left. Well, no, no. I actually knew we were winning. I was going to say, when we did the initial scan, the one, go- one thing we had going for us is they had less hull. So if we ever got through their shields, we, you know, we had more hull than them. And if you add up hull and shields together, we did have more defense total hit points than they did. Well, they had actually it was the other way around. You guys had the exact same hull. They had 65 hull and you had 65 hull. Oh, right. But, but they, they didn't have much shields, shields and we had a lot of shields. And you have a lot of shields. Yeah, but really, they did twice the amount of damage that you did. So it was it was pretty touch and go there. One more hit and you guys would have blown up. But they failed their roll. I rolled the three in the cloud and they 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 took the damage. It took 10 points and that blew them up. That was it. And then they took a crit and that was it. Unlike So what happens is when you go to zero, your ship is just dead in space. You actually have to do another 100% of hull damage to blow it up. But the Atlante ships don't do that. When they go to zero, they blow up. They actually don't get disabled. It's on purpose. All right. At this point, I'm actually going to suggest we do a recap of why exactly are we on a ship somewhere. Recap of what you're doing here. So you have been told to go to the system of Najor, which is where the cultists are going. And probably the corpse fleet, too, because that appears to be where all the signs are pointing. And it's this ancient system that is way the hell out of the way. And it can take up to a month to get there. As I said before, hundreds of jumps. So you guys actually did very well on your roll. So it's only going to take you, I think, 16 days to get there. Halfway through your journey, and the ship basically wanted to take you on (laughs) and board you and take your technology. They're kind of like the Borg. And uh, they just attacked, and that was it. And you guys fended them off. You survived, and now you're back on the road. Now, what I'm my player notes to myself are that uh, Nashior is actually the star system where the cultists at least believe that the Death Star is located. It has a name in game, but I'm just going to call it the Death Star. You don't know what's there exactly, but yes, yes, you think that the uh, Stellar Degenerator, it's called, is there. You mean the Death Star? Stellar Degenerator. Is it the big, big weapon that's more powerful than any others that is a threat to all life everywhere? The overdrive thruster. Star killer base. That is correct. It's star killer uh, base. Yes. Uh, right uh, no, please. Star Wars dead to me. So how, about, how about wave motion cannon? Is that better? Can we do that one? Uh, Thank wave, you. That's fine. That's better. Okay. It's the Lex. The Lex is the most powerful Lex? weapon in the universe. I actually watched that entire episode. So did I. I didn't watch all of it, but I watched enough of it. Oh, God. That was so bad. It was good. So bad. Oh. Enough to lose our respect. Yes, that's how much you did watched. You ever, did you ever watch Iron Sky? No, I don't think I, I did. I did see it was on Netflix. I think is that the Nazis on the moon? It or is. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is I saw it was like on Netflix. I was like, ugh, looks terrible. I don't have time for. I don't have time oh, for that. That's really bad. Oh, you know what you should watch though. Just la- as a last thing, um, anime. 
Uh, it's called Goblin Slayer. Goblin Slayer. You should watch it. You guys would like it because it is it is like D and D esque, where there's like they talk about like adventuring parties of different like power levels and stuff. It's 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 funny. It's very good. All right, I'll write that one down. Write that one down. Do you know the uh, what is it? B V P no V G. What is that? There's a service. It's not Crunchyroll, but it's another one that has more than Crunchyroll. It's uh, VPN. I know which yeah. VNP. I yeah. know which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah that. Get that. Yeah. Let's get it on there. I actually had that one because they had um, they had Harmon Quest on there. So that's yeah, they got everything. Huh. They have Harmon Quest. Yep. Okay, I'm reading the first sentence about Iron Sky, a 2012 Finnish German Australian comic science fiction action film. Wow. Yep. It's got a little bit of everything. That tells me it is a camel because somebody decided to design this horse and gave it to everyone. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny. It's kind of a comedy. Actually, you can watch the trailer and that's all you need to watch and you're done. Alrighty. Okay, with that... Oh, did you oh figure Chris, out, did you figure out there's the a spot? sequel that's being crowdfunded on Indiegogo. <laughs> nice. That means it's good. I mean, it's called Classic. Uh, is, uh, it, did you figure out the song, Captain Rusty? Uh, Tokyo Drift was the best one I came up with. There was a couple of drift away kind of things, but they were all too romantic and sad. How about like, Sorry. how about like Rocket Man? Rocket Man. Okay. The, the William Shatner rendition of it from the science fiction awards from 1976. Yeah, that. I mean, that's fine. General space travel. I was just hoping for something into the drift or drift drift to the stars or something, but I couldn't find anything. So Tokyo Drift from Fast and the Furious was the best that I got for action. Anyhow, you do that. You're here. Ta-da! You exit a drift. You appear to be in a nine-planet system. With a yellow dwarf sun, what do you do? Nine planet system and a yellow dwarf sun. Head for the third planet. Yeah, I was just going to say. <laughs> well, yeah, let's. Uh, can we do a scan of uh, the planets? Is that. Yes, you may. We can do it on our range. Science officer, who would like to do the scan? I guess I will do the scan. And parenthetically, if it is the third planet, I'm going to go throw my laptop in the river. <laughs> yeah, because dwarf star it should be closer to the third, maybe the second planet. It's a yellow star. Ooh, not a great brawl, but we'll say good enough. You do a initial scan of the system. First few planets actually share a single orbit, though one is always opposite side of the sun from the other. They appear to be rock, rocky, hot wastelands. The third, sixth and eighth planets are gas giants, each swirling with a different color of gas. The fourth planet is dotted with forests. The fifth planet has a multitude of active volcanoes constantly spewing ash and lava in the air. The seventh and ninth planets are both cold and lifeless rocks. The third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh planets are the only ones with moons, which seem to have a variety of compositions. Wait a minute. Hmm. Are these Star Wars ecology? There's the forest planet, the ice planet, and the volcano planet? No. Maybe. No, no, no. See, it's Magic the Gathering ecology. <laughs> Jason <laughs> Keeley did write this one, so we could uh, take notes of what to yell at him about. Um, 
Well, obviously the fourth planet. Um, the forest, obviously, is yeah. Yeah. Uh, I hold on. Can we scan for life signs? Yes, you may. Life sign. Do, 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 do. All the pretty life signs. You sign. pretty little life forms. What's that I from? I knew what you were saying, Chris. That's I'm from Star Trek. Star Trek Generations. Star Trek Generations. Data has emotions and is generally active. Yeah, the emotion chip. And to make you guys feel uh, ancient, Jason actually already sang that song like 50 episodes ago, by the way. Oops. All right. We, we have a limited amount of material. So. Yeah, really. Well, it's more memory. You guys can repeat yourselves. I think a year is the statute of limitations, so you can keep going. Uh, yeah, computers check to scan for life forms. It's teeming with life, let me guess. Not all. Computers check 27. A cursory scan of the system's plan reveals that only one of them shows any signs of life. Nature 6. The planet you are currently closest to. Six. Oh, the it's a sixth. nice planet. Not th- oh, interesting. It appears that the planet, although gas giant, there appears to be a floating metropolis in the stratosphere. Cloud City, maybe? Cloud City. <laughs> Keely! <laughs> Sitting just above the churning clouds of Major Six. The city appears to be crumbling in places, while other areas are overgrown with trees and other plants. You also notice that the energy signatures that would normally come from a settlement of that size, like power plants, wireless signals, and so forth, are very weak and erratic. You could also tell that that the city is millennia old, and its age is cause of much of the city's decay as opposed to it being destroyed by some outside force. You also can see that there appears to only be one place where it seems to be safe to land, as the rest of it is either unstable or covered in impenetrable thickets. You can fly to this, well, this city, if you will. I, I will do so since I'm now back into my proper place of the pilot seat. Oh, are you the pilot seat? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm back roll. in the captain's chair telling him what to do. Don't worry. Okay, give me a 1d8 roll, Mr. Pilot. Taking your first. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why it's rolling double. There's something wacky with my mouse going on lately where it's doing that. You roll a five. It takes you five hours to get into position, which is above average. So, uh, <clears throat> anyhow, you. <laughs> Clap roll I was just curious. Nice try. You're just, you're just curious. Just, uh, just curious to see what would happen. Anyhow, you managed to do preliminary scan. Would you like to see what the city looks like from above? Of course. Whoa, new map. Oh, nice. Oh, cool. I like the where the landing pad on the lower, lower right side looks like. Oh, that's a cool thing. Yes, after landing on that landing pad, I expect Lando to come out and, you know, gruffly pretend that he doesn't actually remember me fondly before we become friends again. Yeah. So, by the way, here's also a picture I put in Discord. That is what it looks like from the side. And you can see it looks like, it kind of looks like, back to Star Blazers, it kind of looks like the Common Empire. Okay. 
absolutely nobody knows what I'm talking about right now. No, I don't. And that's exactly what I was about to say is you have pulled out a reference I am completely unfamiliar with. Well, Star Blazers I recognize, but I don't recognize. You're just friend. making stuff up, aren't season you? Two. Oh, season on. two! Star Blazers coming in. Oh, season two. If I had known it was season two of Star Blazers, that would have made much more sense. What the hell is Star Blazers? You're kidding, right? Starblazer. The name sounds vaguely familiar to the extent that the every spaceship word Yamato, star in front of it. The wave motion. Yeah, the uh, Yamato. Oh, good lord. Yes. Well, they called the Yamato on uh, in the English. Dude, that's, it's like one of the most Be- popular they anime didn't understand movie. Understand how Japanese was True. translated. The most popular anime movie. Oh, like, the battleship that floats in the sky, yeah. the the space. Remember that? Hold on. You mean the little cartoon when we were like in the seventies? Yes. Lord. Yes. Yes. That one. I, I didn't recognize the Empire name, but I, I knew the... Anyway, that's the one where the wolf, uh, the wave motion gun is from. Yeah. And really, they pronounced Yamato wrong. That's terrible. Oh, maybe I just... Did. I mean, it, no, well, I mean, it's it was the, the flagship of the Battle of Midway. It's a, They stole the name right. from... Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, no, they didn't steal the name. They raised the ship and then converted it into a starship. It's the actual same ship. Ooh. You really haven't watched this. No, I never watched this. I, I Look, I watched... Battle of the Planets. I watched mm. other I watched that comparable shows of that time. I watched Johnny. This Sato was a morning Ultraman. show, Bob. I wasn't this unaware was a morning of show. Of, yeah, you would never. It was on in the mornings, and when yeah. I was, what we would do is get up early, watch it, and then yeah. we go to school and we'd all compare notes. And at the end, it was like Star Blazers. There we have two hundred seventy-seven planets to save the Earth, and in fact, the spinoff of Babylon Five was loosely based. On Star yes, because remember oh. they poisoned the planet and they only had five years to save the Earth. Yeah. No, that? I remember the plot. I remember it was actually not a good show. Is the problem? But yeah, yeah oh, it was well, a great show. It was not a good show, but um, Star Blazers was good though. Oh, Star Blazers was phenomenal. Captain Avatar, Derek Wildstar, Mark Venture. I'm reading the names of the characters right now. What the hell? Orion. That's the uh, yeah, dude. They're great. They're great. And the voice performer was Gordon Ramsay. What the hell? It's a good show. It's a really good show. Mm. They even use real military uh, terms like time to target and things like that. It's yeah, I, I don't good. remember the second season. I thought there was only the one season. Jason? Oh, God. The second I w- season. I want you on normal. my side in this. I have never seen this show. Thank you. That was my I've, side. I've heard of I it. I mean, I've heard, I've heard of the battleship. I assumed it was Yamato. Channel 43, Bob. Beyond that, I know nothing about Channel it. Channel 43 had it. I, I watched Channel 43. I just don't know this one. Uh, this is the only good thing on, in the morning. I mean, it was either this or the Bugaloos. <laughs> yeah, the first season, Earth is attacked by Gamelon, a distant planet. The radiation oh, so from the planet good. bombs. This is like the only good thing that was on. It was How so did not good. know this? I it mean, really was... I was watching it, the it same so crappy good. Ohio television so as Bob, and I can't believe you missed is, this. Is that when, is that when Captain Avatar and Derek Wildstar you know, jumped into action? Yeah, it was uh, on from 1979 to 1984. That doesn't help. All right, so... 77 episodes. Uh, let's, let's focus. Screw let's your go. Goblin Slayer, Chris. you got to watch Star Blazers. <laughs> Way better. Uh, you'll like Goblin Slayer. Well, you'll love Star Blazers. It's freaking legendary. Anyhow. It, it, yeah. A little old, 1979. I mean. Anyhow, yes, that platform in the lower right is the only one that appears to be stable. Do you wish to land there? What do you wish to do? The lower right, where that where those little it's, branching things are. Yeah, it's the one that yeah. looks exactly like the Cloud City landing platform. 
That looks like some kind of environmental dome over there. Yeah, I know it does, but believe it or not, that's uh, that's Landing something to land on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? You actually look, and um, you can see there are three other broken branches. Four, actually. That, this yeah, is just the last there one appears to be uh, scorch marks on the pad, and they appear to be fairly recent. Dun dun dun. The pad appears to be made of a thick, barely translucent crystal, and the majority of the pad is open to the sky. The thick clouds swirling lazily below. The archway is only 10 feet coming off the pad that leads to the much larger archway going towards the center, leading towards the planetoid. What do you wish to do? Well, we're going to land, but here's my question. Uh, Can we actually see if there are any transmissions that are coming towards us or into the air at all? Could could we hail them? But I'd love to know if any transmissions are happening. Yeah. You scan. There's no transmissions. Jason, do you want to try and hail them? There's no transmissions. That's well, correct. that doesn't mean we can't transmit and aim at them. Do we want to announce our presence? That's the question. I mean, both the groups that we're looking for probably hate us. So I would be inclined yeah, to make it, our first doesn't make yeah. our initial landing yeah. kind of stealthy. Okay. Well, we only have one place to land, so there's a limit to the stealth thing. But we don't have to actually scream out before we do it. Yeah, because I could say... Good morning. How are you? Anti-missile ba- missile batteries locking on. Damn it. Okay, you got me. On that. I think we should just. I think we should just land let's the ship. Let's just land, 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 right. land. I, I'm, uh, I, got, yes. I got space. Mr. Roji, uh, take us in. Uh, I'd like you to keep it steady this time. Uh, I, I, and I do so. I land. You land the ship. You do a fairly decent job, sort of. You land on the pad. It seems to be holding. Okay, that's good. I have now moved you to the landing pad area. You are now on the pad. What do you wish to do? Uh, let's just lo- let's lock and load and disembark. Uh, when we scan for life signs, what was the real result? There's teeming with millions of people. There are five people here. I think there might be some plants. What, what was the result? It was uh, full of life, and it was in, it was all different type of biologies. There's a lot of plant life down there. There appears to be a fair amount of life. Unfortunately, your science and your scanners are budget rate, so you just have general life science, not enough to specifically pick out who and what is there. Okay, so our own communications in our little, you know, helmet monitor. Oh, atmosphere? Do we need spacesuits? You know, that's an excellent question. Let me or check. radiation or anything else like that. Yeah, yeah, all that. Before we leave the ship in the alien environment. Mo's leaving the ship right now. He's jumping out. Yeah, I know. We'll, we'll catch up with you. You actually have a breathable atmosphere around here. How and that is occurring, you're not exactly sure. Appears to have normal gravity and no radiation that you can see, at least harmful. Uh, what's the gravity like? Normal. Gravity is 1G. Okay. Mo is jumping up and down and waving his arms trying to attack and anyone to attack him. So that whole stealth thing, we're done with that. No, yeah, we're done with that. Good. Yeah, gravity is... Hey, I wanted to hail them. One times, so it's the same as what it is here. This uh, day here appears to be 10 hours. A year is 10 years. So there you go. Okay, I presume the rest of you are in the ship. And as Mo decides to jump up and down... Suddenly, from the bottom of the platform, creatures are appearing. 
Yay! Roll for combat! I'm shocked. Shocked to find out we're going to be attacked because we attracted attention. That's not very I bought some new stuff, didn't I? I bought some stuff. Oh yeah, what is my character now? Wait a minute. They're out there? Yeah, they're like climbing. They're actually climbing from the bottom of the platforms and they're like Spider-Manning and climbing on top. So oh, it's like, like a Diablo uh, three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's actually just like Diablo three. Kind of climb over. All right, I can do that. If only they'd make a Diablo for my phone. Robots with swords. They're not robots at all. They're skeletons. They're not skeletons at all. I'm looking at them closely. They look like robots. They look like Ultron face. They have Ultron face. They do look like Ultron. <laughs> they actually look exactly like Ultron. Like mummies or something. Yeah. So that's a mandible. It's not actually like a hinge jaw. That's actually biology. They are tall humanoids. They have three eyes, long, powerful limbs. They have sharp tooth mandibles and smooth, hairless heads. Their skin appears to range from gray to sky blue. They seem to have sort of simple weapons and armor. Mo is up as they spent their round climbing up over the uh, surprise climbing up over and now are standing where they're standing. But you're up, Mo. All right. So I am going to activate my, as a swift action, I'm activating my armor. Okay. Now, if you're going to do the swift thing, the rule is that you can't use it till next round. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, by been, the way. We've you, been playing that way. No, haven't we? we haven't. We haven't. You've been playing. I've been uh, letting you do it. But all right. It's like, okay. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. So... Okay, so, um, well, then that actually doesn't make any sense. I'm not going to do that, uh, actually, because I do have to move and... Well, you can activate it and then use it next round. It's up to you. You only get it ten times a day. God, I forget all of my, uh, my, 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 uh, feats. It's been so long since I've been in, uh, <laughs> I don't think I've ever... All right, so I'm going to move and, uh, yeah, I can't move and attack... You can. Why can't you? No, attack twice is what I'm no, thinking. No, you can't do I thought that. there was a way. I need my armor to... Uh, yeah, I actually, I am going to activate swift action. Then take a uh, guarded step and uh, attack. You hit. And I am done. Oh, there goes the diplomatic mission. You know, John, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Ha. Huh. Yeah, that's why I, I acted. Tuttle's up. Are we st- are we all still on the ship? You're still on the ship. Oh man! But we do know stuff is going on. Do we? Did Mo say us? anything? No, apparently not. Apparently, you guys aren't looking out the window or anything. <laughs> you have, you have, no you have a calm on. on you. You can say, "Hey, well, things are my turn is over. My turn is over." Oh, John, we know. We know nothing about. I mean, I'm playing on. with guys that are just sitting there talking about the atmosphere, and they're talking. They want to do all the adventuring from their seat. They don't want to get out of their. <laughs> exactly. And you went There's outside. No reason and to look out the window. There's no reason to do that. Waved your arms and said, "Come attack me." That was in fact. I mean, if I don't know that there's out, I mean, if I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, be a dick about it. But if I don't know he's being attacked, I guess I probably shouldn't be doing anything. I'm an armchair adventurer. You should be talking about the atmosphere and the uh, like, how to to do all the searching without actually going. To be fair, we had all kind of decided we were done scanning and we were about to go outside. I think there's. I, I have no urge to rush out to save him, but we were. 
we had reached the point in the conversation we were about to head out. Okay, the first one runs up and fires his primitive bow at Mo. He throw he fires his battle bow and misses with a four. Next one runs up and uses his his axe. Axe, you said? Yes, he hits Mo with Wow, he actually hits Mo and normally would have done 19 points of damage, but Mo has how do you have DR7 to everything? Um, I do have DR. Uh, it's a uh, feat. I have DR also. Oh, God. It's been so... It is a feat. I have that same feat. I can look at it. I'll find it, maybe. Um... All right. Well, the good news is it normally would have done 19 points of damage. It only does 7 because the combination of your DR and the weapons are so crappy... That they barely scratch you. You have enhanced resistance kinetic, probably. Oh, yeah, that's probably. Enhanced resistance kinetic, which I think gives you a DR equal to what? Base attack bonus? I don't know. It's not under my... That's un, not it's under, under my special abilities. Yeah, that's why it is. It's, 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 it's under feats. It's enhanced resistance kinetic, and you get a DR uh, equal to your base attack bonus. That's oh, right. Yeah, that's what I have. I have that same thing. They shot bows at you. They tried to swing. They they missed you three times. One of them hit you really uh, solidly, but barely did any damage on you. Barely okay, any so damage. I was, all right. Uh, point of order is he uh, Mo gets a, an attack of opportunity. Ah, yes, he has reach. Really? You really want to hurt these uh, these people that have they're dying? No, they're, they're dying. Them, they're dying. They both moved within his primitive range. weapons. Primitive culture. Okay, you go right ahead. Missed anyhow. Rusty's up. Rolled the three. I rolled the three. Okay. Ah! (laughs) So Rusty goes outside the ship because he was. And that said, comes outside and sees these two people here and says, Oh, hello. Oh, very nice to meet you. We're we're wondering who are the kind people who live in this place. Diplomacy of 29. Okay. Good job. We'll find out what happens in a little while. Hiroji's up. Oh, because now, 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 um, Rusty also likewise did not say anything on the comms. Why would right. I say something on the comm? What the hell? I'm fine. <laughs> They're talking to my new friends. Uh, okay, all right. I I want to come out. It'll be an entire move just to get to the edge of like where Rusty is. So keep that in mind. Okay. So say you can get like there or there. Yeah, somewhere like on the on the white of the ship. All right. Can I do a knowledge check? Yes, you may. What would this be? Knowledge. Cult or knowledge, uh, local or? they're humanoids, so that would be life science, I believe. Okay, 25. So, is everyone ready to get really annoyed? And Chris is gonna get really unbearable, <laughs> yes, maybe. Uh, mm, yeah, uh, Hiroji realizes that in his, his correspondent course that he's been studying on xenobiology. From the Institute, because he did not take the money. Nice. He knows that they have been, you've been studying this, this, this very people. And in fact, you know a little bit about them because this was, this was just on your last test. I just took a test on this. <laughs> You're like, oh my God, I know all about these guys. Nice. I might even know a little bit of their language. Awesome. W- what are they? <laughs> These appear to be descendants of the Kalishi 
some advanced civilization that supposedly ruled the stars millennia ago. They supposedly had mystical and technological innovations, including several floating metropolises and cities the size of planets that would roam through the stars. Their technology was vastly more advanced than anything that you guys have in your systems. But they mysteriously disappeared thousands of years ago, and they're only known in myths and legends. What are they called? What's their name? The advanced? Kasishli. Again, you've heard of these people. Didn't mm. know that they were still in existence. And obviously, something They've is fallen on hard times. Exactly. They've fallen on hard times because you see no evidence of massively advanced technology other than the remains of this floating city. It makes sense. Der- derelict thing here. And like, there's, yeah, it's obviously not maintained. And this is the remnants of the survivors from Nomania. All right. They, uh, they're humanoid. Um, they're not much of a challenge. They're actually going to be pretty weak compared to you guys. They're basically using animal hide as armor. They have basic axes and battle bows. They're all archaic, which means you have a ma- you have a natural DR five against all their attacks because you have armor. Everyone, so you'll probably wipe the floor with them. So it's up to you guys what you want to do. Anyhow, that is what you find out. That will be your turn. By the way. All right. Mo is up. Uh, we're going to do a double attack. Uh, targeting <laughs> the wounded one first. Enough talk. Well, there hasn't been any talk yet. I hear uh, Rusty's uh, attempts to break bread. They did oh, not... 21 points of damage. You're all four and you hit with 24. Still alive, though. But the three misses. Oh, it's the second three that I've rolled. Oh, no. Hey, we know Actually, what we need to hit. The four would have missed, too, because you get a minus four to the attack, by the way. I forgot. Oh. About that. Um, you're right. Yeah. yeah, it's been a while. Uh, is Actually, wait a minute. I think I might have a minus two. I think I have It doesn't something. matter. You still miss. All right. That's true. It doesn't matter. So you missed twice. You're doing okay. anything else? You can move. Uh, no, that's a full full turn. Tuttle is the only one left on the ship. Everyone ran off. And Tuttle's just going to keep doing science. No, <laughs> no, no, no. You could, you could fire the main weapons at them all. Like the turret. Right. Fire the turret and blow them at them. Tuttle, Tuttle's going to realize that things are happening, and he's going to head out and see what's going on. You can do that. You'd probably hit the ground, break off the landing pad, and fall into the gas giant below. I have jump jets. I could just... So go right ahead. <laughs> go right ahead. <laughs> jump jets. You'd be like Boba Fett. Yep. So, Tuttle, you're just moving out? Yeah, I'm just moving out. And if I'm allowed to take a shot at the... Well, I mean, I'm going to assume I don't know perfect knowledge or whatever. Uh, you probably did hear me talking on open channels, but... You didn't know who I was talking to until you came out. Okay, so I am gonna get my gun out while I'm while I'm running. I'll say you can get your gun out, you can have Cheddar follow you, but you're gonna have to wait around to make a shot. Okay, that's fine. Alright, the Kish looks at Rusty after he tries to do the diplomacy check and tries. He, and he looks at you and just says Hashumapita Sudo and just attacks you. Does anybody have linguistics? I have things like that. I actually have something called Quick Pigeon. 
which I can converse with a willing over 10 minutes though, to create a pigeon language for basic communication. Like there's, I can deal with that. I'm a Xeno seeker. Like it's part of my way, but it takes uh, So takes one of them fires though. its bow at Rusty and misses by a mile with a rolling a three. The threes are back. How rude. <laughs> How rude. Uh, the other guy hits oh, no. He keeps hitting me. Except for one funny thing. He would have done 12 points damage, but between the fact that the weapon is archaic and you have a DR5, he does zero damage to you. Wow. He literally bounces off your armor. The other These one guys are presenting no challenge. Yeah, the other one tries to hit you with its weapon, misses. The guy with the bow also fires at Rusty. You must have insulted them. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, well, now this is rude. I'm sorry. It's only six points of damage. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's the principle of it. You're like, you're talking to him, and he literally shoots you right in the face. You're a Bobby boy. Well, I'm sorry, Rusty boy. There's a very simple thing. There's one close to me, and now apparently he is no longer my friend. So, uh, as a move action, uh, get him. And everybody gets a bonus to hit. And now I will attack him with my new trusty sniper rifle. And as part of the attack, we'll try to make it flat-footed. Uh, actually, I have to do the bluff check first, right? Because I am attacking him. Yep. Your proficient sniper rifle. Okay. Uh, I'm going to add D6 to that. So a 39 bluff. You did not make your 40. Yeah. Uh, yes, I, I hit him <laughs> with my bluff. Uh, he is, I have a plus one to hit and a plus two for his use flat foot. So I did not add those modifiers, but. <laughs> what are your pluses you're going to need, though? Uh, uh, plus one, and he has a minus two to his defense, so a net plus three. Barely. You rolled a three with the plus three. 15 damage. That's barely. Look, and by the way, guys, he, everybody else has plus three against him, too. Oh, plus three to hit? Yes. You have plus one to hit him and left-footed. Where's the extra plus one come from? Is that new? Is that new or is that, was it always there? I forgot. No, it's move and standard. I know I have to use two different envoy abilities to get that. Well, this is the first time you guys have had a fight at level eight, so we'll see what happens. Uh, which actually is the first time I've done damage. You'll notice Sorry, level, 15 seven, to level him. seven. Well, you'll notice I did 15 damage to him. It's the first time that's happened. Yeah, we, we're going to just that's gloss a lot. over that. We're going to gloss over that part because uh, that's that's not important. Hiroji, you're up. All right, cool. Um, I am going to, well, I get to take my 10 to get my automatic 29 on my sneak attack or my... Uh, you fail. Yeah. I mean, you, you make it. <laughs> uh, okay. And you have plus three to hit. Right. It's only 29? Uh, I thought it'd be higher than that. I thought you'd have at least like... And it's uh, an 18 and it's a plus one, right? You said? Well, you get a plus. It, it, it's my, my stealth is plus eighteen. Oh, no! Right. Sorry, you have plus four to hit him. Okay, cool. But I'm talking about the my my stealth is. But remember, it's it's eight. It's your stealth plus one for, right. for uh, trick attack. So right. Twenty nine. Yeah. Twenty nine. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, All right, hold yeah, on. That was fire. Okay, cool. So yeah, you automatically trick attack him, and he's like, oh. Uh, sorry. Take correction. That. Only plus three to hit him. All right. Well. You hit. You did a whopping six damage. Almost uh, no, minimum. Back. Almost minimum. No, 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 no. Almost on, minimum. Oh, you're Almost. You're done. You're done. You never make your sneak attack. Your trick it's attack most ever. I, I did this time. Oh wait. What do you roll? What's your roll? Are it's you automatic, roll? right? We did. We yeah, did that I, already. Where we're just giving you crap. What's you just All roll right. it? <laughs> <laughs> All 
right, hold on. Let's <laughs> like, you're not one. used to hitting with this. Wow, not you're not really. even taking a sense of humor about it. We're happy for you. You finally hit something. Uh, all right, what's the damage plus again? It has been years since you last got your snake attack bonus. I think it's 5d8 for you at this level, isn't it? I think it's like 68. No, it's not that much. God damn, where is it? Hold on. I don't know. I'm looking at my character sheet. It's got to be on here, right? Seriously? 5d8? I finally no, did it's at least okay 3D8. damage. It's at least and 3D8. you're going to humiliate me? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, because you're an envoy. Mm. Oh, that was cool. It's 48. 48. 48, buddy. Okay. Go. 19! Eh, that's okay. And uh, I can move, too. But I'll, I'll oh, stay are you going to move? I'll stay on my ground. I don't care. I stand my ground. Another news. Oh, and actually, on my comms, I'll say, uh, t- oh, is Tuttle out here yet? I say, Tuttle, we got a yeah, little, bit of, out a little bit of action out here. Okay, Mo, you're up. I'm going to do the double mo- uh, double hit, whap, whap, uh, which evens out to no minuses. Oh, actually, no. It's a minus, uh, just a minus two, I believe, for these two. Is that correct? Hits you 17 points of poor damage on this poor little guy. He's crying. He's like, No, don't kill me. Oh, but you, uh, you, you killed him because you're mean. Mean, mean. All right, he's dead. He collapses. And he- um, I attack twice. I'm done. I'm not gonna move. Well, you killed him. That's you. Don't complain. You say, Woohoo, you attack twice. Tunnels up. Yeah. The uh, the Kish appear to be rather upset that Mo killed one of them. They appear to be saying something in their language. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, I'm just going to go ahead and attack the one straight ahead of me. Obviously, hit five points of damage. And then I'm going to send Tettle and send uh, Cheddar up to melee range. Is Cheddar going to get the joy of the kill? Apparently not. Nope. Misses. Swing in a minute. Very close. Though. Oh, and by the way, no, that that guy gets either off target or uh, flat footed. I would make him off target, so he gets a minus two to hit. Gotta remember that. Mm-hmm. Okay. He, yeah, he's uh, already flat footed because of me, so you'd make him off target. Yeah, he's just gonna step, take his five foot step, if you will, and uh, he's gonna shoot his battle bow. And he's gonna do it at Bob. I mean, Rusty, you know, because he doesn't like. Oh, these guys are... I'm still very annoyed at the rude, rude, rude manners that these people are showing when I showed up and said hello. He's actually doing a full attack on uh, on Mo. Wow. Uh, these, he hits... these guys are... Go ahead. The zero damage because Jeez. he rolled a 12. These guys are from a fallen empire trying to find reverse on a Russian tank. These are not worthy adversaries. He hit you again. He rolled a 19 and a 19. And he did zero damage and zero damage. That's just sad, sad, sad. You're just sitting there. He's just bouncing what, off of you. What is what is their demeanor? Like, what, like are they uh, slobbering? Are they like, uh, how are they, how are they acting? Uh, one of them shoots uh, Rusty and does hit you for three points of damage. Again, actually, the one who critted you. He seems to be. And he's, like, laughing now. He's like, ha, ha, ha. That's what he says to you. Wow. Because he enjoys. No, they're not slobbering. The one who just double attacked you seems to be furious and almost in, like, a blood frenzy as you killed his yeah. good friend. Ah. 
They're talking in some other language. You have no idea what they're saying. They appear to be very angry at you. Well, I'm sorry. I tried my best to be manneredly. I was up front. I was friendly. I smiled my best smile. Look, that they don't speak they your don't language, that. though. Well, then they need to die. It's apparently they need to be <laughs> Exactly. Whoa. Uh, there's up. one that has, as far as I can tell, under 10 hit points, but my major contribution to any fight is attic bonuses, so I am going to do that thing I always say we shouldn't do, and I'm going to attack the one nobody's attack left. I'm going to suggest to somebody else just pick off the extra one, because the one I can attack will have bonuses from everyone. So, uh, the one to the lower right, the one who's damaged me, I say get him as a move action, and then I attack. And I have a plus three to hit. Oh, and the explanation of the whole plus three versus plus Barely hit. Again, you rolled a four, and you barely hit him. Uh, The difference of the plus three to plus four is I, for a while, had get him, which is a move action, and then as my standard action as part of my attack, I could do the clever attack that makes him flat-footed. So I just got improved get him, and I have seen that the improved version of it, they made a standard action, which makes it effectively useless in this build. Uh, I may want to adjust that at some point. Oh, meantime, I wonder if that's a typo. Uh, I'm wondering too. Why is improved get him a standard, but regular is a move action? I don't know. But uh, at the moment, so at the moment, improved get him is kind of useless unless I'm unable to make an attack. I presume you're not moving or anything, are you? No, that was a full action. That, well, the whole point of the build is that now I can give buffs as both a move and a standard, as well as also attack. That's the whole point. All right. I'll say on the comms, let's try and keep one alive to question. Not this one, though. The one directly to your right is the one you have plus three against. You hit. You do a whopping three points of damage. Woohoo. Oh, and then you do an additional. <laughs> do you move? Uh, no. I stand my ground. I say surrender or die. Mo, you're up. This is a double attack. Whap, whap. Man, I rolled another four. Actually, rolled a three. Actually, three, it's a minus yeah. one with everything. Yeah, you hit with one. You're all 19, hit 18. They're still alive. You're done? Yep. Yep, yep I'm done. Burning through that haste circuit. Title's up. I'm just gonna... Oh, can I turn that thing off? I, yeah, I, you can turn it off. Yeah, I'm going to turn it off. I'm just going to go ahead and shoot the guy in front of me again. Ooh, you hit 10 points of damage. Cheddar! Oh, Cheddar. Cheddar. <laughs> Go, Cheddar. It's your birthday. <laughs> well, everybody gets a kill. This guy's so angry at you. You know how angry he is at you? I actually don't, because I don't really speak his language, and he doesn't seem to have much of a face, so I really can't tell whether or not he's angry. He's going to try to push you off the platform into the uh, into the uh, gas giant. <sighs> Good luck. Do you have jump jets? Yeah, I have jump jets. I've... Endlessly to your death. <laughs> you devoured for a thousand years. Oh, sorry. Actually, I missed. He misses you. That's actually not what I rolled. He rolled uh, like a seven. He tries to bull rush you and push you off, but he misses. And uh, like, How would he do that, though? A bull rush would push me on the opposite. Like That's not the platform. He'd have to... Reposition, then. He's trying to move you off the... Uh... Okay. Off the platform. Yeah, reposition. Basically, you try to move you five feet from your original placement, and he tried to move you off on t- onto the uh, off the platform because it's rather narrow, and he fails. He's playing for keeps. He is playing for keeps. 
And then this guy's also, he's just double attacking Rusty. He keeps hitting him. Well, the first one, no. Nice. Another crit on Rusty! And the second oh, one, crits. Awesome! It only does three points of damage. Oh, <laughs> It's archaic. He's critted him twice. The guy's it's laughing. He's like, it <laughs> is such a shame that Baba. Oh, oh. Oh, um, I'm back. I actually walked in the room and I could hear the uh, crits <laughs> from the other side of the room. He critted you again. <laughs> Same guy. Except it only did three points. Oh, he's hit me three times in a row. I hate that guy. He's awful. He's laughing and laughing. He's mean. And now it's time for him to it's die. It's kind of the predator laugh, too. It's the <laughs> laugh. All right, 32 bluff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and get him. Hit him. 12 points of damage. Not so good for you, suddenly. Eh, it's, uh, I mean, I'm now doing double digits. That's but it yeah, also he's debuffing is too. has plus three to hit him. So there it is. Yeah, we'll take the plus three. I say, with a calm, I say, Rusty Tuttle, this one that's, that's right near us that you just hit, keep him alive. I'm going to kill the other one. All right. And I shoot the other one. You get plus two for me, so it's plus five total. Nice. Why well, plus five? Well, I don't get plus five. I don't get the uh, get them. You don't get mine. We have we have different buffs. Oh, you don't get get them. It's only on a specific guy, and that's not the guy. Oh, all right. Oh, nice. Oh, um, roll. Uh, actually, let me adjust that, Chris. If I spend a resolve point, every creature within sixty feet will get the get them uh, effect from me. So. Wow, <laughs> forty-two. <laughs> 42 on the crit damage. And what was it? Wow. 22. I did 64 damage. Nice. Now we're playing. Seriously? Yeah. Wait, wait. Total, you did 63 damage. Yes. 64. 64 like damage. 60 Let's keep crit. this one alive. Four. He's no threat to Sorry. us. All right, move. <laughs> I actually might say that you hit him, goes through him, and then hits Mo. The, right, the, the bullet the... hits them in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, I think so. All right, as, as my... Would that there were rules for it. I holster my weapon if I can as I move. But I think that was all you would be to get to do. No, because I can do shot on the run, so I can move, fire, and move. Or fire and move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can holster, but you can't move, holster, and fire. Oh, maybe you can. Actually, maybe you can. I don't even know. I think you can pull it out. Anyhow, yeah, where you yeah, moving, I don't know. moving there. Okay, got But uh, even if I don't holster it, I just I go try and surround him more. We need a prisoner. Mo is up. Mo runs forward and attacks before anyone can uh, subdue him. Really? Crits for everyone. <laughs> well, he's yeah, you guys always seem to do this. You always seem to fall for these goddamn cultists that always are. They don't provide any intel at all. And they are fanatical. And you guys try to waste time trying to get any information out of them. So... These guys are, they're probably cultists, so. If I remember correctly, I assassinated someone who was, you guys were trying to get information, so I don't know what you're talking Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I remember that. That was a good guess. move. That was a very yeah. good move. And now, yeah. and now Mo did that. He's like, yeah. he's like, no talk. <laughs> and just runs up and kills Actually, this guy. I, I tap on my, on my helmet. I'm like, uh, Mo, is your headset working? Can you hear? Oh, uh, wait. Testing the, one, the, two, the, three. The volume was down. Now I can hear. Now <laughs> I can hear. There we are. We're ready to go. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right uh, so. They're all dead. 
they all collapse in the heat. Uh, well, we we got we take their weapons. These are weapons that we're going to need. <laughs> okay. Um, what are their personal effects? Do they have any identification? Any uh, hey, uh intel? They're not going to have weapons. They have their ancient analog equipment. They appear to have a axe, an analog archaic device. They appear to have a tactical battle bow. Actually, let me tell you what each one is. The Kishax, crudely crafted from bits of scrap and debris. They hit hard and might be able to chop off limbs with a single brutal blow, except they're no match for your armor. The battle bow is a compound bow made of material scavenged from this ruined civilization, giving them incredibly high tensile strength. However, once again, no match for your armor. And they appear to be wearing hide armor, appears to be crafted from serpentine predators of some sort. Appears to be light and flexible. However, it is also archaic. But bulk light, no upgrade slots whatsoever. Wow. Um, they're not... These these weapons probably are on par with the one that Mo has always had. His, his pike. <laughs> That's true. That's <laughs> true. I mean, it's sad to say, but they're pretty much... He's considering, but no, nah, he's, he's going to keep his bike. Well, they don't have reach. And uh, yeah, they did seem to have one piece of equipment with them that appears to be technological in nature. Oh, what is that? Let's do a scan. Someone will have to do a mysticism roll. Hey, everyone. Steve here. So there we go, they land on Najor, and the first thing they do is just kill everyone they see. That's nice. Nice guys. Okay, to be honest, they were attacked first. But it's not necessarily the most challenging combat when the guys you're fighting can't even really do any damage to you. So it will be fascinating to see what happens with the rest of this book, because there's a lot of fights like this. So how do you make the fights challenging? Don't worry, I figure out a way. And as for a little side discussion on Star Blazers and Goblin Slayer, yeah, if you've never seen Star Blazers, I don't know if it holds up quite as well, because that's really old, you know, it is like over 40 plus years old, but the story is still fantastic, and the movies are amazing. Definitely check those out. And as for Goblin Slayer, I actually checked it out. You can find it. It's on Crunchyroll for free, and it's really good. I do warn the first episode is brutal, like triple R-rated brutal, like surprisingly brutal, actually. But it is every video game trope turned into a cartoon where you have a party that goes to a guild and gets quests and then the parties are even like level 1 through 10 and it's really funny I actually liked it a lot uh, do check that one out Chris was right Chris and I actually almost have the exact same taste in movies and TV and Bob is the black sheep everything Bob likes we, we disagree heavily and everything John likes we all disagree with John John likes the absolute worst junk out there so this week we have another episode of Roll to Assist. That's when myself and another expert GM answer your questions. Once again, if you have any questions, just write us on the Discord channel. This week, Param and I answer your question on what gods we like from Pathfinder and Starfinder. Let's do a fun question, because we've done kind of some heavy questions. 
This one is from Enigma of Secret Deity. They write, what is your favorite Starfinder deity and why? I'm going to throw in Pathfinder too. I'm going to say Starfinder or Pathfinder deity. And also, which ones do you think are acceptable? You can go first, Param. I don't know what they mean by acceptable. Um, what I think they mean by acceptable is, would you allow lawful evil in your campaign? Will you allow those evil deities in your campaign? I mean, they're going to exist in the campaign world when I play them. Whether or not I let my players follow them or, or sort of like serve their interests, I don't really like running evil games. So it's usually would be something and have to talk with them heavily in advance about what their plans are with it, etc. Because evil usually disrupts uh, the flow of the game. So like only the evil player is the one having fun, in my experience, unless you've planned that out well in advance. True, but you can play neutral players and they can be one step away from the alignment. So you could be neutral and still worship an evil god. True, and that can be done. I've seen it done a few times very well, like uh, with neutral followers of Asmodeus, for instance. But a lot of times when you've got like, they're wanting to follow an evil god, the evil god's got some like goals that they want that player to accomplish. And they're not neutral goals in trying to serve your god well and, and achieve what they want you end up having to do some not nice things so what are your favorite deities from starfinder and pathfinder okay so uh for starfinder this actually isn't my favorite deity in pathfinder but i like it in starfinder a lot which is saren ray because the whole idea of worshiping a sun goddess when you can actually go to the sun and say hi is infinitely more interesting in a setting where you're going from suns and stars and, and the, the concept of a star means so much more because that's a gravitational well. That's a place that you want to go to and their influence becomes so much grander than it does on a, you know typical fantasy setting. Sun equals fire equals blasting undead, etc, etc. Um, and that's why I really like it in, in Starfinder. So for me... Starfinder, my favorite is Treon because it's a cool god. And also, I ran the Iron Gods campaign, and this is a bit of a spoiler, but in Iron Gods, you have a lot of people who worship Bry. Is that how you pronounce it? And also, you interact with a android called Cassandly, and Bry and Cassandly and a third god join together to form Treon. So I had a lot of experience with those two, and obviously I got to play Cassandly. So it felt like I actually was kind of the god. So I just like Triune a lot. I just like the whole way that he, he opened up the drift, and there's like secret temples in the drift, and only if you are a true worshiper of Triune can you actually go to those temples. There's whole cities and temples and, and worlds floating along in the drift that no one can get to unless you're a worshiper of Triune. So I, I love Triune. It's definitely one of the more interesting things about the Starfinder Pathfinder crossover is you got to see the origins of that God. You got to see their backstory. You weren't just told it. Yeah. And I, not in my case, I got to play it. So I'm a bit spoiled, <laughs> but that's, that's, I like them all. That's probably my favorite one for Starfinder. But what about Pathfinder for you? Uh, for Pathfinder, I'm pretty fond of Caden. I think everybody is because it's a, it's basically how do you justify being an adventurer? Well, we worship this god that encourages us to be funny and reckless and do goody. Uh, he's the drunk one, right? 
Yeah, yeah. The Caden's background is he got drunk one day, did the test of the Starstone, and blacked out and doesn't remember how. Right, and then he like woke up and he became a god, and everyone's like, "What did you do?" He's like, "I have no idea. I'm a god. Hey, everyone, let's party." Yeah, and his his uh, holy book are just various motivational plaques stuck on the walls of taverns. Oh man, I, I love him too. I gotta think. I gotta choose a different one. You're you're not gonna like this one, but I'm gonna say why. So, everyone I play, all my PCs, always are chaotic neutral, which I know is a cop out, and people are like, "Oh, chaotic neutral. That's just like that's just licensed to be a pain in the butt." On a, in a game and the answer is you're absolutely right it is but I do it in a nice way I usually try to be more of a pain in the butt to the GM than to the players but it allows you a lot of fun role playing opportunities so with that I'm usually worshipping oh things like Zon Cthon or you know things that are kind of evil kind of a little out there kind of a little crazy I love Zonkathon. I don't know why. It's just so evil. It's so mean. But you have the priestesses from Zonkathon. You have the iconic. She's like the best iconic. It's just, it's just great. I mean, he has great names: the Midnight Lord, the Dark Prince, the Prince of Pain. There's Sadus, Masochist, Envy, Pain, Darkness, Lost. Yeah, they're lawful evil, but you know what? They got a plan. They're evil, but they actually do it in a very organized way. It's kind of like the Empire in Star Wars. And I've had a long talk about this with um, Steven at Paizo, that all Stevens are evil. So I have to go with that. Well noted. Next time we have to make a moral decision to not trust Steven. That is absolutely correct. But that's from a flavor point of view, because, I mean, I'm reading it here. Zonkathon possesses one of the most twisted and evil minds in the great beyond. That is so much fun. Who wouldn't want to play with that? That's just fun. Who wants light and happiness, darkness and evil, twisted masterminds? You can get away with murder. Get it? Literally? <laughs> well, speaking of chaotic neutral, one of my favorite Pathfinder gods is Callistria, like the prime goddess of most of the elves in the setting but is very much chaotic neutral and believes in things like vengeance as well as pain being important to understand and if you've read many of the novels you'll find out that their priestesses are very interesting including their temples having s and elm rooms see that's why you want to go chaotic neutral or evil it's it's just more fun they just have you know what it is they throw better parties not exactly who I want in my corner when we're trying to save the world, but at the same time, when we're doing something more fun, I'll invite you around. Okay. Well, we saved the world because we don't want it to destroy on your terms. We want it to be destroyed on our terms. Thanks, Param. Once again, if you guys have any questions you want myself and Param to answer, just go to our Discord channel and just ask us. I'll put it in the queue and you too will have your question answered on the show. Next up, a few quick show notes. Don't forget, do sign up for Outpost 2. Signups are still available if you want to play some games on Discord or play by post. Outpost 2 is a big online convention where we play both Starfinder and Pathfinder society games, and they even have some card games, believe it or not. All you need to do is go to Outpost 
www.rollforcombat.com. Just go to that URL. It will redirect you to the sign-up sheet where you too can join the game. And if you've never done play-by-post, it's awesome. I myself am actually doing a play-by-post game. As a player, I usually run them, but it's a lot of fun because you only have to commit to one post a day. Now, obviously, people like you to do more than one post a day, but you can really set your own schedule, your own pace, so you don't have to be sitting there going crazy. And it's a nice way to break up the day. And for those of you who eventually get addicted to it, I've seen people playing 10, 15 games simultaneously. The only rule is you can't play the same character on more than one table. So you end up with like, you know, 50 characters. But it's worth it and it's a lot of fun. And if you also want to play some of the specials, the ones that they only run at conventions, you can't play anywhere else, they are being played at Outpost 2. So join it, go to it, sign up, play a game. It's open for a few more weeks. The game started in early March. Check it out. So some really quick show notes. Don't forget, new podcast every Tuesday. You guys all know that by now. Do subscribe to us on iTunes or Android or Spotify. We're now on Spotify. Do check out Jason's Talking Combat column every single Thursday. Do check out the Discord channel if you want to play some Starfinder or just talk to us or just be part of the fun community that is Roll for Combat. Just go to discord.rollforcombat.com and join us. It's completely free. If you talk enough, you get to level 10. You get an absolutely free t-shirt. You can choose any t-shirt from our shop and that one is yours. And don't forget, you actually need to join the Discord channel if you want to enter the PaizoCon contest. Do follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Also check out our Reddit channel. Do check out our Patreon. We just added a whole bunch of new content. I actually put enough content on the Patreon to last till the end of the year. So for those of you who are on the Patreon or wondering what happened to it, it's all up there. It's going to automatically go. So from now until the end of 2019, you are set. So do check it out. we got some great prizes up there. It helps out the show. It helps us do cool new things like make new shirts, give out new prizes, things like that. And then finally, let's get to the PaizoCon contest. That's where every single week I ask you a question based on this week's episode, and you have to write down the answer, and then in a few weeks we'll have a form, you fill it out, you get all the answers right, you're 18 or older, and I select your name, and you win! Ta-da! You get to go to PaizoCon for free, get airfare more or less for free, if you're in the U.S. it's free, if you're outside the U.S. you get a stipend, you get a hotel room for free, you get your ticket to the con for free, and you get a banquet ticket for free. There's going to be a lot there. In fact, I just had dinner with Eric Mona last night. Nice three-hour dinner with him. And he and I were talking about all the awesome things that you're going to see at PaizoCon. You're going to like it. Trust me. This is not going to be one you want to miss. So as for this week's question, it's a simple one if you're listening. The question is, how many crits were in the combat you just heard? Now, the crit you can usually find out pretty easy because we have a special sound whenever a crit occurs. So I'm asking how many crits in total were in that combat just now because there were quite a few. All you got to do is get that number right. So just write down that number, make a note of it, come back in a few weeks. We'll obviously keep listening to the show, but then come back in a few weeks, submit your answer, and you too might win. Otherwise, we're done with this episode, and I leave you with the best cartoon intro of all time, Star Blazers. 
See you next week. distant star heading off to Iskandar, leaving all we love behind. Who knows what dangers we'll find? We must be strong and brave. Our home we've got to save. If we don't, in just one year, Mother Earth will disappear. Fighting with the Gamelons, we won't stop until we've won. Then we'll return, and when we arrive, We'll survive with our star blazers. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Starfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at rollforcombat.com or drop us a line at contact at rollforcombat.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Discord, and other social media platforms. been listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, always remember, if the GM asks, are you sure? You're already dead. <laughs>